if our KPI is to increase revenue, increase profit, then obviously reducing client churn is massive. And if you can show your team how the SOP that they're following is actually relating to those higher level KPIs, you're going to get a lot more buy-in from them as well. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Nahoya Galligan, the owner and systems and process designer of Harness HQ, and we're talking SOPs, which doesn't sound super sexy, but nothing sexier than making a bunch of money, right? Of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be on here again. All right. So, you know, last time I think we kind of uh, stepped into some of the the reasons why SOPs are important and kind of the, the whole concept of systemization and, you know, creating uh, things that are repeatable, scalable, and uh, ideally profitable. And so I figured this time we could kind of talk about specifically uh, what the process is for creating those SOPs and some of the, you know, missteps that people get into when they're even thinking about uh, systematizing stuff they do all the time. So to start, what's your opinion just really quick of uh, why SOPs are so important, especially at the the small uh, business and solopreneur level? Ah, uh, yeah, because everyone talks about scale, and, um, you know, anybody who has money can scale leads and anybody who has a, an offer that sells can scale revenue. And these days with chat GPT, it's a very level playing field when it comes to scaling delivery in terms of, you know, volume of delivery and speed of delivery. But what they often can't scale is the quality of that delivery. And that's where SOPs uh, really play a massive part. So uh, for me, it's really about dialing into how do we use our SOPs to not just scale, but to serve and really stand out and make a difference. I love that. Well, and I think when you say, I love that you said uh, make a difference because for the small business owner, if you just systematize just a little bit, it doesn't have to be like your whole company because I think everybody thinks of that like, oh, we're going to create this uh, handbook of SOPs and I need all this official products. Like, no, literally you're just taking something that takes you too much time and isn't uh, a good use of your time as the business owner and then giving it to somebody who, you know, doesn't cost as much. (laughs) Is that is that the best way to explain it when you're talking to... Uh, yeah, it is, it is. And I guess, I mean, we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, why those are important by maybe just focusing on some of the common mistakes that I see um, people making. So uh, I'm talking to you if you're an owner of a marketing agency or a small business, or maybe you're a consultant um, in the marketing industry. There are three very common mistakes that I see. So we can go through those and use those as a lens to looking at, at, you know, why SOPs are so important for your business. We often focus on the process, which is not a bad thing, but we can focus on it more than we focus on the outcome. So what's the actual outcome that we're trying to achieve? Um, and then designing our processes for that. And as a owner, we can get really close to those things. And, you know, obviously we want to delegate tasks that we're, that we're doing as business owners, but um, we get too close to it. And so we think about right, writing these really detailed SOPs and, you know, we're trying to control 
Um, we have fear of loss of quality. So we're thinking, all right, yeah, we've got a, you know, this is how we do it. Step one, a step two, a step three. And we get really detailed about how to do that. And we think that we can hand that over to someone who's, you know, not as smart as, as us or, or whatever and think, yep, okay, now you can do it. That can help to scale. But, you know, what we what we want to focus on more than just that is, um, is that they can feel too controlling. And so if we focus more on what actually what's the outcome that we want to achieve with our SOP and start to sort of maybe let go of some of the control of every step that's in that, and rather than us being the owner of the process, allow our team to be the owner of the process. So once they understand more, right, well, here's the outcome I'm trying to achieve, then we can get our team to look at each of those steps and treat it like a, an ongoing process rather than just a, this is how we do it. It's set in stone and you've got to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Often as owners, we do it that way because that's the way we had to do it because we're bootstrapping or whatever it might be. As we grow, those same processes don't scale as easily. So Having, having the focus more on the outcome than the actual process itself can really help improve how you're delivering. I think a lot of times you're right. The, the owner who's done it for 10 years, five years, one year, you know, even a few months, uh, you're going to say it has to be done like this, this, and this. And if it's not done like that, then it's going to be wrong or I'm going to have to do it myself again. So I think that's, that's a great exactly way to right. look at it. Like just leave out the steps, just say, what's the result? I, okay, I need this, uh, you know, every week we send out our newsletter. Let's just use that as the, you know, the simple example. Yep, we right. got to get the newsletter done. And instead of, you know, the owner being like, oh, let me select all the articles right and let me blah, blah, blah. You could just write the process of how you do it. All right, I look at the trends and then I select the articles based on the trends and the thing we're trying to sell this week. And that's how I select the articles. Go, you know, and-, and Another, I think a good point too is that you don't have to hand off a hundred percent of the process either. You could still say, "Hey, you need to come to me for the articles. I'm going to tell you which articles to use, and then I want you to take it and get everything else done, and then I'll check at the end." Is that baby steps? Yeah, baby, baby steps. steps. Absolutely. If you're not ready to relinquish control completely, that's a really great way to do it. And so that leads us to the second common mistake that I see is that the owner of that process feels like they have to be the one that actually documents it. And who wants to do that? I mean, it's it's not fun. Documentation isn't fun, but it is important. And so they end up kind of like, oh, all right, it's important, but it's not as important as all these other priorities that I have in my business. And at the end of the day, they don't do it. So that's actually one of the biggest mistakes that I see is that they don't do it. And so, like you were saying, rather than actually you know, creating all the documentation yourself, writing each of the steps, recording it in whatever software that you want to do it and everything, it's like, don't. Just record yourself doing it, talking about what it is. So if you're talking about the newsletter, talking through that. And now with AI and bots, I mean, ChatGPT, you can actually delegate more than just, you know, how to do it. You can delegate things around decisions, which I'll talk about in a second as well. But yeah, that big issue is not doing it um, because they think that it's such a big job and then it just gets, you know, pushed to the bottom of the, the, the pile of things to do. And as the boss, who holds the boss accountable? No one. Well, I do. I hold people. I hold bosses accountable <laughs> for doing these sorts of things for their business um, and help them get those important things done. But they don't have to be as difficult or as detailed as they think they need to be. 
Exactly. Well, and, you know, I, I think we do try to overvalue uh, ourselves sometimes. We're like, it's not going to be perfect unless I'm the one doing it, which is a, a big we ego need play. <laughs> you need to mm-hmm. let go. And, and guess what? Yeah. There's people who could do stuff way better than you. And if you don't have people that are like that, then, you know, you need to make a hiring SOP. And then oh, there you absolutely. go. Absolutely. That's one of the most you important can... ones that you can get. <laughs> Well, actually, just a quick side, because I, I definitely want to get to the three mistakes. But if you are just starting out, like if I said, uh-huh. like, hey, I just want to systemize something to prove to myself that SOPs could be valuable. Um, what do you think is the easiest one to do to, you know, provide yourself with that um, encouragement, let's say? Rather than, I guess, the easiest one, probably the most important one to do is the thing that drains you the most. Ooh, so I like that. if there's anything that is, you know, well below your pay grade and you don't like doing it and it really drains you, then it's a it's a liability. You doing that particular job is a liability and that's going to be different for everybody. So obviously start with the easy things that have sort of more consistent, well-known steps and processes to them. So delivery, you know the way you set up ad campaigns, the way you set up your email campaigns, the way you do this, you know, those things are fairly easy um, and that there's a lot of information already around how to do each of those steps. So you don't have to get into too much detail. You just need to add, and this is our flavor. This is what we add to it for our clients. And this is what makes, this is what will set us apart from everybody else. So I would say that's, that's where to start. I think that that's a great tip. And, and also, you know, if you have a template of something and you can just use that or because I've done this too before where I was like, you know what, I need to make the tutorial for doing it specifically this way and blah, blah, blah. Now what I do is I just go on YouTube. And I'm like, there's no way somebody hasn't made a step-by-step process for that. And then you just drop it in because it's like, well, it's not public. This is internal. So you can do whatever you want, <laughs> like grab whatever tutorial you want give it to your employees, train them with that, and then you don't have to do all the work. I think that's a good good little hack. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that. And there's nothing that I kind of detest more the wasted entrepreneurial energy, you know? But that whole idea that everybody's going and creating the same SOP on how to deal with Facebook Ads Manager, oh my goodness, you know? That's <laughs> just mind-boggling. You know. um, well, that's a, it's already you know, out there. With digital marketer too, that's why I tell people too, it's like you don't have to invent a whole marketing system. If you don't have one or you don't have one that you love and is working great, then just use somebody else's. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like just start somewhere, you know? Yep, absolutely. And so the third the third common mistake that I see, so even if you are creating your SOPs and, you know, thumbs up if you have, that's fantastic. What often they um, admit to do is to think about measurement how are they actually measuring the what and the how and the running of those SOPs? And that comes down to two things. So one being, you know, effectiveness. Is the outcome that we're creating this SOP for the real outcome? And we talked about this briefly in our previous episode uh, 357, where we talked about an example of client onboarding. So the outcome of your client onboarding process is not an onboarded client it's a reduction in client churn, all right? So when you think about what's the actual outcome we're trying to achieve by putting this process in place, yes, a non-border client's great because then we can start delivering, but what we're really what we're really trying to do 
with that process is reducing client churn. So what we want to do is think, okay, well, how effective is that? And does it relate to our overall business objectives? And so if we think in, you know, from a KPI point of view is, you know, if our KPI is to, you know, increase revenue, increase profit, then obviously reducing client churn is massive. And if you can show your team how the SOP that they're following is actually relating to those higher level KPIs, you're going to get a lot more buy-in from them as well. They'll understand, okay, this is what we're actually really trying to achieve. And it'll help them see for themselves the different ways that they can impact on that process and improve that process to achieve that outcome. So putting measurements in place also then means, all right, well, reducing client churn, how do I do that with my client onboarding process? You know, happy customers are customers who are responded to very promptly. You know, we get them through the whole process of intake and get onto the delivery part as quickly as possible. So the time to burst value, we should be measuring things like that because those are the things that impact client churn. So if it's not enough that you actually have to create SOPs, you also need to build into those an understanding of how you're measuring the success of those activities in the business. Hey everyone, I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your digital marketing strategy certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. Oh, well, and I love how you mentioned the, uh, you know, selling it to the team because I, I we love for everybody to be, well, I mean, that's terrible, but you, you expect your, your actual employees to be like robots, right? Like here's the program, run the program, make sure it's perfect and then get it done. And humans don't work like that. Like they have to understand, they have to believe. Uh, and if the, you don't have that belief and understanding, then they're going to skip steps is my experience where they're like, well, I don't really know why I have to record it there and here. And so I'm only going to record it there. I'm not even going to say anything about it and then I'm going to move on. And then what they didn't realize was that one step was actually, you know, like, oh, well, I didn't understand why we need a UTM for the newsletter. So I just put the link. I just pasted the link. What's the matter with that? And if they don't understand that, hey, we can't track the result <laughs> if you don't put that in there, then it's all broken. And but they didn't even know that because you never taught them. So I think that's that's a really good point that you have to sell them on yeah, it. Yeah, and you, have um, to know it. you made a good point as well. Is that not only should we not maybe and I mean you know we expect them to be like robots. We don't need people to be robots anymore. We've got actual robots. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> so rather than writing these SOPs for people to act robotically and do all of the steps, get the robots to do that. And yes. there's, there's ways that you can do that. These are SOPs, but not as we know them. You know, we we need to change how we approach SOPs so that we can capture that human element because that is the only difference that we're going to have from one agency to the next, from one business to the next, from one consultant to the next. 
it's your ability to personalize. So what it really comes down to is personalization. How can we build the human connection and personalization into all the interactions that we have in our business, not only just with our team, but obviously with our, with our clients as well. Um, so that becomes really important. And then the other thing is measuring efficiency of our, of our, of our, of our processes and what do we do to, to build those into our team. And, you know, if we're, if we're thinking about this, you know, how efficient are we in terms of time and cost? of doing this particular process and, um, you know, innovation and automation comes into it. But really what we want to do is remove bottlenecks. So how can we remove or A, spot the bottlenecks in a process first and foremost and remove them. And I'm sorry to tell you, but you as the business owner are the biggest bottleneck in these processes. <laughs> I do. Um, so what we want to do is remove you physically. So removing you physically from a process as the bottleneck is delegating the task. So write the SOP to delegate the task. And then we want to start thinking about, and these are the baby steps that you can take that we talked about earlier, like you don't have to get it built perfect first time. Um, the next step is removing yourself strategically from a process. So one of the things that when I'm talking to uh, marketing agency owners, for example, is the thing that they find the hardest to get themselves out of is the strategy, doing the strategy and, and helping their team understand how to create a marketing strategy for their clients. You made a really awesome comment just recently in your article about the undercover agency. Mm. And, um, and that was about how as an agency using ChatGPT, we can do strategies in seconds, you know, whip up yeah, a marketing strategy special. in seconds. But what ChatGPT can't do without input from you as the owner is have that depth and breadth of knowledge about your industry, your location, the niche, the types of clients that you work with, your actual current clients, what's working right now, what's not working. ChatGPT can't give you that depth. So if you're able to then start recording that kind of knowledge and enabling and empowering your client, uh, your team to make decisions just like you would make decisions then that's the second part of how we can start to remove ourselves as the bottleneck and uh the third part is the, the one that you've already mentioned and that is dropping the ego you need to remove yourself mentally from the tasks that are currently where you're the where you're the bottleneck or the things that are actually causing you to you know stay and think you know, late at night, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. Why am I even thinking about this? So SOPs can help you then delegate, well, basically move from delegation to trust and just let go completely. So how are we measuring those sorts of things within the business as well in terms of, you know, how how well are the team innovating? You know, are we looking at different software or different strategies you know, are we looking at uh, automation and other ways that we can improve efficiency? And you can't do that as the owner. You have to let the team do that because they're the ones that are going to be there in the trenches doing the work. So that's that's the that's that third common mistake I see. Is like if you're not measuring it, then you really can't improve it, which means that you can't serve. <laughs> you can't yeah, improve it's not the skill. quality. Yeah, you can't. And you don't have that quality control. And I guess one of the the key things is is that um, 
Ironically, achieving quality control so that you can stand out in this market actually requires you to relinquish control. Yeah. So stop thinking about SOPs as being these really rigid step-by-step things that, you know, we needed to turn people into robots. We don't need to do that anymore. We need to optimize our people, optimize our understanding and our knowledge so that we can better serve our clients and stand out in the market. I love that. Well, and then the measurement side, especially from the, you know, just ongoing, because like you said, you know, it's not a static thing. An SOP is not a static thing. And the thing that makes it dynamic and constantly improving is the people. So it's, it's uh, that assess or the, the structure plus the people and the creativity and everything else that they bring that makes that a dynamic document that now is scalable because, and I've seen this in companies before where processes maybe set up two, three, four, five years ago. And it's just been running and running and running and never assessed, never, you know, looked at again from like a modern perspective. And then you you could even ask the people executing, you're like, why is it done like this? And sometimes they won't even know. They'll be like, well, because it's always been done like that. You're like, that's oh my right. gosh. There's not even the culture to sort of challenge that. So, well, there's no system. Because, yeah, they haven't handed over that ownership of, of the process and the understanding of those outcomes. Um, well, which I, is why now, like, I often don't do documents as oh, SOPs. Huh. They're not documents anymore. It's more you're using different types of software that sort of just steps you through things. And if you need a bit more in-depth information, here's a video or here's a document or here's the information or the guideline that you need. It's less about going, go into Google Drive, open up the drive, you know, open up the doc go through and read it and do all the steps. Um, SOPs can be a lot more interactive now and fluid and dynamic and integrated into the systems that you're already using, you know, as little pop-up windows on your screen or, you know, creating actual specific tasks in your task manager. So, yeah, it's it's a whole new world. So I sort of see this like I love it's that. SOPs, but not not as you know them. No, no, it's it's like a progressive view of SOPs where it's like, no, it's not a static thing. It's not a step by step. Here's how to make a document or whatever. It's a it's a broad um, kind of direction that you let either the program or the person responsible for executing it own. And then if you could do that, now you have something that you don't have to worry about anymore and that, you know, is improving over time because you've set it up to be that way by entrusting the people that you assign the thing to in the first place, which gives them That's ownership. Right. And when when somebody has an ownership of a process, and, and I started doing this uh, digital marker a while back where I said, you're responsible for this. So no matter what happens, whether it gets done or it doesn't get done, you're the person that it stopped at. So I'm coming to you and I don't really care why, <laughs> you know, all these things that happen during the steps of why it didn't get done because you still are the owner of it. And since I gave you so much responsibility for executing it, I need an answer from you. Yeah, let's fix it. Let's work together to make sure that this doesn't happen again and how can we improve it. So, yeah, absolutely. And And I really see, you know, the the future of scaling any business now is, yeah, how do we scale our people? And it's not in the same way that we might have done it as agencies previously where, you you know, you get a whole bunch of cheap VAs and try and scale it that way. If anybody has access to everything now, you know, mm-hmm. so really it does come down to your people and the culture and how you can create systems that will help them serve. 
Well, and you mentioned, uh, I'd say that's the final piece is the culture. Because at the end of the day, like how your company is run on even the smallest tasks is still a yeah. representative of how your company is run. Yeah, like this, if this small task is acceptable like that, it means that the big tasks are acceptable like that too. And if there is no process and everything is 100% dependent on the owner stepping in and taking charge and making sure things happen, then you really don't have a company. You have no a control freak with a That's bunch right. of poor about, people that are trying to yeah. serve that. <laughs> yeah, it's about, at the end of the day, it's about personal accountability. And and accountability doesn't have to be a dirty word or a scaring word. It's a grown-up word. You know? It is. We need to be, we need to be accountable. Um, and, you know, we need to be accountable to our team, our stakeholders, whoever they may be. Quite often people think about stakeholders in a business being, you know, investors and things like that. But there are so many stakeholders in a business, you know, the the team, the client, the the software that you choose to use and the team and the vendors behind that. They're all stakeholders in your business in some way. So being able to view everything like that and start solving your business problems with all of those different stakeholders' needs and wants in mind help you build a far more robust business at the end of the day. Love it. No, those are fantastic tips. I know we were just talking about SOPs, but really we got into the the basis of how businesses are built. And you know, much. I think it, well, it's you know, and I never want to say because I, I think a, a big fallacy that that we talk about, especially in marketing, is that you could step away and the business is going to run itself and it's going to be so cool and you're going to cash checks while you're sitting on the beach, blah 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 blah. And I just think it's a bunch of BS. I think that uh, at the end of the day, if you if you expect the business to represent you personally and keep on growing like you meant it to, and blah, you know, then you have to be in there. And these processes will allow you to be in there without having to spend a growing amount of time as the business grows. But you can still grow, and you could still be you know, giving as much input as you want. But if you build these systems, yep. it'll still represent you. And then- and you will want to leave it because it'll be fun. And Imagine you'll love that. It. <laughs> yeah, you'll love doing SOPs. You know? Well, if, if you don't love doing SOPs, um, that's that's something that I suggest. You know, everything worthwhile is uphill, John Maxwell, and it is. It's really worth putting in that work up front, and it's easier than ever now to do it. But it really just becomes about personal accountability and prioritizing. You know, getting that stuff out of your head. I'm. Just started holding sessions um, to harness your time, which essentially you show up online, you book in a session, there's a bunch of other people, we're all there on Zoom, co-working together quietly, you know, it's all muted, we're not interrupting each other, but you're there to do a particular job and you just get it done. Nothing has to be really fancy or difficult. It's the simple things that can really help you make great strides in your business and uh, once you start recording those SOPs, even if you're just like booking some time to go, all right, in this hour, I'm going to talk about how I do my newsletter so somebody else can take over it next week. Mm. Because, yeah, if if you if you can't delegate it, if you don't record it, if you don't get it documented, guess what? You're still doing it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I think if you go beyond just the fact that, because we always talk about scaling and we talk about having all this money and blah, 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 but you know, imagine if part of your business was, you know, the satisfaction that you got from the business was just 
empowering employees to step up and do work that you thought you were the only one to do. I find nothing more satisfying than that, being able to hand off a yeah. big responsibility and be like, it's getting done better than I could do it. And then that's a whole other you know, kind of satisfaction you get from business ownership or business management that you may have just forgot about because you were so focused on on money and profits. And, yeah. and you have uh to be, but I think, you know, the more you step away from that, that's the end all be all of having a, a business and an organization. It becomes a lot more fun. And Absolutely. And I think when it isn't fun is, you know, when people are on that, the, the wheel the of just like, okay, we need more clients. We need more clients. We need more clients because we're losing clients. And, you know, delivery becomes a headache. It's like everything's just so much more difficult than what it was when it was just me. And people stop loving their businesses. And if you try and forget about that whole sort of scale BS and think about, well, hang on, what I really need is profit. I don't need more clients and more revenue and more difficulty and bigger teams and all those sorts of things. If you really think about what it is that you really want and focus on that, then you can use these systems and processes to create a sustainable business that has fewer people, fewer clients, fewer problems. And, you know, you delegate all the things that drain you and you concentrate on just doing the things that you love doing. And maybe that is doing newsletters and writing copies for your newsletters because that's the thing that really lights you up every day. Then voila, you've got, a, you know, a business or, an, or a job that you're, you're happy to turn up to and get an incredible amount of, you know, self-worth from. You know, there's so much more than just hustle, 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 scale, 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 you know seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, like all the things. It's like, actually, what are you, what are you really trying to create for yourself? Which is, is you know, I, I love that, you know, JC is doing his undercover agency. Oh, yeah. And, and doing that and having that element for him uh, of faith and family. Like, let's not lose sight of that. And other than just focusing on the outcome of each process in your business, what is actually the outcome you want from being in business? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. No, no, I love all that. And I think that, you know, it sounds funny that we got to this, <laughs> you know, topic, just talking about SOPs, but I think SOPs represent the base level of structure that you have to have because everybody starts at the top. You know, you go your big org chart and, uh, you know, I love uh, E-Myth. E-Myth revisited that oh, book. One and of my talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You put the, the, the actual positions that you would ideally have and include the ones that you currently have so you know how to grow. I love all that stuff. However... What's going to have a bigger effect is you just making a basic SOP and trying to hand off tasks to, at you know, if you're a solopreneur, whoever or whatever, you know, hand it off to AI. And this, the process of you doing this is going to scale your business much more than the the big vision board of you with jets and vacation. <laughs> <Yeah>. Which doesn't <laughs> mean to say you can't still, no, you still you know, need that stuff no. too. It's good to have a all those things. But even with Michael Gerber's stuff and E-Myth, I actually always keep that in mind is that when I'm writing an SOP or, or a task, if I'm thinking about a task, it's like, all right, well, if, if the owner's currently doing this, you can still put in there ideally who should be doing it. Like, and not just the person who should be doing it right now in my business as it is, but actually what's the ideal role? that Ooh. should be doing this and what skills does that role need and then that way you can have i guess all of these different hat hooks planned out for your business and gradually start taking your hat off and you know hanging it on. all right that's not my hat anymore that is now you know my head of marketing's hat 
and that is my financial controller's hat and that is my and so you can use your SOPs as a way to start planning future hires because you can already understand what are the skills involved in doing this particular job yes I might be doing it at the moment as well as everything else or I might have someone at a, a lower level doing parts of it but ideally we want to move that into actually having somebody come in and be that role yeah. So start, starting to think about your business as a series of roles and tasks is not such a bad thing, but you don't have to start there. You can start way lower. Way lower. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it right. makes all the higher. Well, because, you know, I think I made that mistake when I, we first time I hired a VA where I was just like, oh, the VA will tell me what they can do. And then I'll plug in the things that I want them to do. It's like, no, flip the whole thing on its head, say, hey, here's the task I can hand off. And now I'm going to go find somebody to hand off those tasks to. Like it's a pre-step to hiring for a VA yeah. or even applying it to AI where it's just like, no, yeah. think about the process. If it was, you know, ideal and this gets done right, what does it look like? And then you could find the solution for who can do it. But start there and everything will build up. So Yeah, definitely start there. And then like later on, you can advance. Um, and as we were saying before, the real difference between you at the next agency or you at the next business is going to be your people. So if you find an amazing person, that's gold. You might not have a role for them, but if you have an understanding of what are their skills, you can then start looking at your SOPs and finding, because I keep us all on a database for, for my clients. We go, all right, this person has this skill, this skill, this skill. Right, what are the tasks and processes that suit their skills? You can then actually create a job description and a position for that person. Um, so if you've got this great person and you love them because they match the vibe and the culture and everything else, then you can then actually start creating tailor-made jobs for them and positions for them in your team. But that's that's a whole other thing. But uh, maybe oh, we can yeah. talk well, about that another day. But, yeah, well, but I it think, all I starts think with the... The humble little SOP. <laughs> uh, the humble SOP. If you can't make an SOP, then you shouldn't be designing an org chart. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, I think that's a basic requirement. But I think that's, that might be a good uh, option for the series is basically saying, hey, let's start at the bottom, which is the SOP. Now let's going to go to managing SOPs or, or just go into detail about some of these mistakes. Like measurement, I think is a huge mistake. And, you know, I think in future episodes, if we've talked about, uh, you know, the cadence of actually doing measure because there is a way just so everybody knows there's a way to measure too much <laughs> and, and get oh, yeah. <laughs> buried in data and then be like ah oh, we're doing all the things i have no idea what the effect is because we, we yep. keep on spending all our time measuring reports no yep. don't want to do that either analysis analysis paralysis <laughs> oh so uh, yeah it's it's deadly and it, it creeps yep. up on you too because at first it looks like while well, we're doing the thing we said we were going to do we're collecting the information and we're looking at the information just a little bit too much and then now you don't have time to do the things that actually matter like you know serving clients and employees that's right <laughs> and yeah we can definitely talk about how you can manage your business by the process rather than managing it by you know like yes. these sort of all right oh these are the numbers these are the numbers but you, you know you can look at the numbers and then you can dig down onto the process and see exactly all right this is why this isn't working well and this is what we, this is how we can improve the process to do it rather than just going so how's it out what are we going to do 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, cut advertising. That's what you yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no. Don't do that. Well, do thank you so that. much. No. <laughs> I know we could do a whole episode about the uh, the fallacy of why every business when they're suffering cuts advertising or cuts marketing. It's like, anyways. Uh, where can people learn more about you uh, before we have you on again? Okay, um, I have a page just for Digital Marketer, so harnesshq.com, Digital Marketer. I've got a few goodies in there um, with regards to uh, client onboarding and processes and software that I use to make things sort of less like actual documents and more like actual processes <laughs> in a business. So yeah, head over there and yeah, I'm online here and there. You can include it in your show notes if you like and um, yeah, I'll Hopefully see you back here again on Digital Marketer Podcast. Definitely. Well, I think that was a fantastic additional episode to the last one. So if you haven't heard the first one, go ahead and check that out. And definitely check out Harness HQ because I think uh, I think you you have the right mindset for especially the small business side of it. Because a lot of yeah. times, you know, a business school, you're talking, oh, a billion dollar company. But it's like, no, most of us don't have a billion dollar company. And, you know, yeah. we still need help too. <laughs> That's so right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Practical tips. And uh, hopefully sold some people on on just going starting the process of SLP. Uh, I'm always happy creation. to help as well. So yeah, reach out. You can find me at Nahoria Galligan on Facebook. Send me a frame request. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, to meeting everybody. Yes. Well, I hope some people reach out to you. I'm sure they will. And we'll definitely include all those links. So if you uh, need them, please check them out in the description. And thank you again. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.